Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Great news. More than three months after the ever given, you remember her, the ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal, the 1,300-foot container. Yes, that ship, it's been released from boat jail. Yay! So it was stuck for six days back in March, racked up almost a billion dollars in delays and rescue costs. So as soon as they got the ship refloated, Egyptian officials seized it and said, hey, (laughs) somebody owes this place some money. So the Suez Canal Authority said, you know what? You owe us the money. And the ship's owners, their lawyers, obviously, argued that, oh, no, 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 no. You should not have even left the ship into the canal to begin with because you knew there was a sandstorm coming and you shouldn't have let us in. Well, not so fast. Evergiven's owner and insurers have now paid the Suez Canal Authority. There was no amount given in the actual release, but there's uh, there's reports from Egyptian media that it was $550 million. So maybe they got $550 million, a little pat on the back saying, we're sorry, and now it's free. And they can go on its merry little way up to the Netherlands and deliver the goods that nobody wants anymore. Like maybe, I mean, I guess they want them. But anyway, it's free. Yay. It's good news. Right? <laughs> right. That's what I thought. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Stop it. It's not funny. I know. So the Haitian president, uh, Jovenel, Jovenel, Jovenel Moise. Yes. That Jovenel Moise. That's, that's the president, a former, 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 former president of, uh, Haiti. He was assassinated. His wife, was wounded and is in critical condition and moved to the United States. She's in Miami. Funny how that healthcare system here in the U.S. is so bad that people from all over the world come here to save themselves. Anyway, she was, you know, it's a horrible situation. So they, not real sure 
exactly what happened. Authorities know that they've killed four suspects. They've arrested two others. Uh, they believed to be well-trained killers who allegedly impersonated DEA agents to enter the home. Now the interim prime minister, Claude Joseph, uh, has taken over the government and he declared a state of siege, which allows, uh, you know, things like, uh, putting the military and the police in charge of security, closing borders, banning gatherings and calling for justice and peace. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Yeah, I know. So a really, really strange, uh, things happening in Haiti. Look, Haiti is a, you know, uh, kind of a weird place anyway. Uh, you know, we're, it's still suffering from natural disasters. And according to, you know, all these natural disasters, that's what devastated the economy. Certainly wasn't anybody, uh, you know, certainly wasn't the corruption <laughs> in, with the government officials that devastated the economy, but it certainly plunged the country into a humanitarian crisis. No question. And now the president's assassination uh, bringing all this political unrest does not make Haiti a, a nice destination to go to. Now, I know uh, Javnel Moïse uh, took office in 2017. He's been ruling by decree for over a year and refused to hold elections, which, you know, they're saying, well, now you're a dictator. Oh, no, no, no. No, it's just things are tough and we can't have an election right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Haitians have been protesting in the streets over corruption and his attempt to hold on to power and not having an election. And they accused him of mishandling the economy. Okay. All right. I mean, they had the 2010 earthquake, which, I mean, there were billions of dollars sent to that country then. They still haven't recovered from that, which is really I know strange. I mean, I realize it was such a horrible thing, but we sent billions of dollars down there and help. And yet they're still have 60% right now of Haiti's 11 million citizens live below the poverty line. Wow. Um, it is not a good time, not a good time in Haiti. And I know that everybody is, you know, saying that, uh, we're, we're going to go ahead. This is, we're going to denounce this. This is awful. And we're condemning it and something has got to be done. Uh, okay. Um, how about let them take care of themselves? Don't start talking about, well, you know, those troops coming home from Afghanistan, what do they got to do? Let's just send them down to Haiti and get that country back together again. No, I don't want to do that. How about we just let the troops come home? How about we do that? Okay. And this is exactly why if you way back in, during this earthquake and after the earthquake, and then there was, uh, you know, there were some storms that went through there and, and didn't help any, but that's why I said that Port-au-Prince should be the home of either an NFL franchise or it should become the new Vegas. And that's what we try. You know, that's what we attempted to do to Cuba. At one point, we should do it to Haiti and just turn it into a destination. Then now you're talking about work. You're talking about economic recovery. You're talking about 
uh, income. You're talking about millions of dollars every year pouring into the country, and it would create this great destination for people around the world to come to Haiti. Now, what do you got? <laughs> you got, hey, there's where the president was assassinated. Right there. Wow, look at that. Okay, you still... And I don't know if you can pick up any of the shells or not in the front yard. They had one lady who, you know, I guess wanted to remain anonymous. I don't know why you'd want to do that in Haiti. She said it sounded like an earthquake. Did it? Okay. Well, if you say so. If you think that all those bullets were going off for well, an earthquake, okay. All right. You got it. But listen, we need every single one in the country to move forward. <laughs> okay, thank you, new interim prime minister. Thank you. I Police and military are in control, and we got it under control. So just leave us alone, and I'll take care of it because I'm in charge now. Oh, all right. No problem. It's a state of siege and I'm taking control. So good times, good times in Haiti. Okay, this is a place where we're at now and it's really just kind of irks me a little. So I just, we're going to talk about it a little bit. The story is, in fact, I'll just read you the headline and it is from theblaze.com. Uh, uncle of teenager who filmed the death of George Floyd is killed during police chase of unrelated robbery suspect. Okay, so I'm sorry that this person died. I'm sorry that it was during a police chase of an unrelated robbery. Yeah, okay, because it had nothing to do with George Floyd. But because it's a brush with greatness, we're going to throw George Floyd in there. So it's a racist thing. The uncle of the teenager who filmed the death of George Floyd has now killed, been killed by police after he was involved in a car accident during the car chase of an unrelated suspect. So what are we supposed to make of that? I'm, I, I, I just don't know what we're supposed to make of that. Minneapolis police killed my uncle. Another black man lost his life in the hands of the police. Now, uh, he was killed in an automobile accident. One of the cars happened to be a Minneapolis police department squad car who was chasing a robbery suspect. And then, you know, he got into this, uh, into this accident. The officer, uh, in the accident suffered serious, but non-lethal injuries while Fraser died of his injuries. The canine dog was also in the squad car, but suffered no injuries. The robbery suspect fled the scene and escaped capture. Uh, Frazier said he was driving. They said he was driving his girlfriend's, uh, driving to his girlfriend's home when he was killed. And he was only one block away when he was struck. Okay. Well, I'm very sorry about that, but that really isn't the police's fault. It was an accident. And he really, I realized that he's another human being on the planet. And, a, and especially a, a special human being because he is a black man in Minneapolis. I get it. I get it. 
I get it. But he's the uncle of the teenager who filmed the death of George Floyd. So that makes it worse? I I don't know. I just a really weird place. I guess we have to make these connections. But I'm very sorry that he died and I don't want anybody to die ever. I don't. I don't want anybody to die. I want billions of people wandering this planet not dead. <laughs> but it was an accident and it's not the police fault. I guess it's their fault because they were chasing another criminal. So if they weren't chasing this criminal, then it wouldn't have happened. So we have to get rid of the police being able to chase suspects. And then this something like this will never happen. So that way we can't have ever anyone die who is an uncle to someone who filmed someone else having something bad happen to them. All right. All right. Hey, let's talk. Let's just, I'm sorry. I just really was just bugging me a little bit with that story. I can't, I can't take some of these stories. So let's talk a little, uh, Tampa Bay lightning who are the Stanley cup champions again for the second year in a row. Congratulations. Go bolts. It was nice, uh, having that victory and seeing that victory. I thought for sure I was looking for my lightning Jersey. I don't know what happened to my lightning Jersey. Really kind of upsetting to me. I found my Tampa Bay Lightning uh, Stanley Cup coins that I had given to me from the team uh, back in 2004 and they're winning uh, their first Stanley Cup. But I can't find my jersey and I don't like it. I don't know what happened to it, but I don't like it. Uh, so congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning for that. We have we like a lot going on in sports. You got Wimbledon going on, if you care. We have uh, the NBA Finals going on. If you care, there's another story. I with the NBA. Uh, holy cow. Rachel Nichols from ESPN is removed from the NBA sidelines for coverage. Okay. After comments from her leaked, I'm trying to figure out what her, what was wrong with her comments. Okay. So there's audio that was released of her talking about another reporter getting a gig on working for the NBA, right? So she even apologized in her, on her other show, the jump saying, uh, I also don't want to let this moment pass without saying how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor. Oh, okay. So Nichols gets the boot from the NBA sidelines during the finals. Now, do I care if Rachel Nichols is reporting the NBA finals from the sidelines? No. I don't, but this audio that was released has her, uh, talking (laughs) Nichols, who is white, by the way, did I mention that? Yeah. Okay. She criticized ESPN last year for choosing Maria Taylor, who is black to report on the sidelines of the NBA finals over her. So no matter what, now, you can't say anything disparaging about uh, an African-American or black person you work with because it's automatically racist. Well, I'd like to know what's racist. If, 
This is her, this is her comment. If you need to give her more things to do because you're feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which by the way, I myself know personally, like go for it, just find it somewhere else. So she doesn't even say anything bad about Maria. She's just saying, Hey, don't bring someone else, another female onto the sidelines. I, it's my, that's my gig. You're taking my gig away. Okay. And if you're doing it because of your longtime record on diversity, find another place to make up for it. Just not on my gig. So holy cow. And I see where actually the NBA commissioner who, you know, like I give a crap about him, uh, Adam Silver, but he actually, uh, apparently defended Rachel Nichols as well because he knows that's just dumb. It's just, just dumb. Oh, racial uh, hatred is dumb, huh, Jeff? It had nothing. I mean, it was just, she wasn't even saying anything bad about the job that this Maria was doing. It's just silly. Just completely silly. And we have uh, the Olympics coming up. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Shaq Harry Richardson uh, getting uh, getting the boot for smoking pot. And she got the boot now completely. She's going to miss the Olympics. They didn't give her the gig. Because the race that she won, she got disqualified from, which then dropped her down in points. And the team was like, no, you can't come to Tokyo. It doesn't matter. She's okay with it. She's not blaming any racism stuff. It was her decision. She knew it was wrong. She's living with it. Okay. The Olympics probably aren't even going to happen now. I told you. I told you. I was so surprised that they were going to let it happen. And and I bet you NBC... And the Olympic Committee are sweating bullets right now because Japan's prime minister announced a state of emergency that's going to result in a ban of fans at the Olympics as they claim the virus infections are spreading across Tokyo. So the International Olympic Committee, the president, uh, has arrived in Tokyo. And we'll see. And I bet you, I mean, I would not be surprised if NBC is there as part of uh, part of the meeting deal. They've got to be. They've got billions invested in this, in this uh, competition. So, I mean, it's close to being sh- shut down again because of COVID. I would not be surprised, man, if they just pull the plug altogether. Because Japan doesn't want to have it. And the people are starting to say, hey, we're going to go into this lockdown. You're going to let all these people into the country and see this and have all these athletes wandering around and there's a there's a pandemic. So I, it's close, man. It is close. I think we're like 20 days away. So we'll see. After they get done with their meetings today and NBC and the Olympic Committee president go down and uh, get down on their knees in front of Japan's prime minister and say, oh, please, 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 please let the Olympics happen. Okay, no people can come. Sure, we'll just kick out all the people. Sure, we'll just do it. Just do it. It's okay, it's okay. NBC's going to broadcast everything. We'll broadcast everything. We'll keep everything. We'll all wear masks. Everything will be fine. We'll be socially distanced. Please, 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 please. We've got 7,000 hours of Olympics already planned on all of our platforms. We've got people that are we're looking at all of this stuff, so just got to let it happen. So good luck. Good luck, because I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is a chewing the fat prediction, and I, uh, I'm i willing to be wrong on this prediction, but you heard, I was very surprised that they were letting it go on last month. 
I was continuing on. That's where I did the whole condom story and the sex stories in the Olympics and everything. I was really surprised that it was going on. And now we're coming down to the wire and Japan's going to pull the plug. They should have pulled it earlier. But I'm telling you, they're going to pull the plug. Another big sports thing going on is the spelling bee. I know. Don't look at me like that. Do not even look at me like that. Like you didn't know. You didn't know that the spelling bee, the Scripps National Spelling Bee, was going to happen tonight. If you're listening to this show live, the 8th of July, 2021, the Scripps National Spelling Bee returns. Yeah, I know. I know. It's going to be huge. It's been going on now since uh, June for a little, almost a month. And they've been doing these virtual spelling rounds for competition I've been catching them all. You, you can't you can't tear me away from the streaming spelling bees. <laughs> you can't, you can't. I just been I've been going all over it. I've been all over the scrib spelling bee. Anyway, so the finalist, uh, Avani Jassy, thirteen from uh, Illinois, Zali Avangardi, fourteen from Louisiana, uh, Vinvisha Vedru. 11 from TCU from Fort Worth. Uh, Devrul Barita, 12 from Dallas, Texas. We have uh, Roy Sigelman, 12 from the Bahamas. We have uh, Bahavana Madini from New York. We have uh, Strithan Garula from Charlotte, North Carolina. We have Esrida Kandre from Leesburg, Virginia. We And uh, I think that's it, right? I think we're at the end of... Uh, I think that's it. Viola Sibyl from Waco, Texas. Ashin Kamini from Austin, Texas. And Jaitra Thamala from San Francisco, California. So I think that's it, right? We have, you know, those are the finalists for the spelling bee, the scripts. And I say this confused because I'm just trying to fool you. Because I, of course, have watched this from the very beginning. And I know that these... Uh, these kids are the are the finalists. They're they're fantastic. <laughs> oh man, I love the script step spelling bee. I do, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Battle Royale tonight. So here you go. So ten to twelve spellers will join in person finals. Tonight at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex at the Walt Disney World Resort. So that's great, and I'll I'll be sure to let you know who the who the champion is and how it went and who came out of the spelling bee octagon on top. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's so good. Man, I don't know that I ever told you that before. Anyway, 
Anyway, uh, one more quick sports story just as part of the uh, Wimbledon, another big event going on that I quickly uh, mentioned uh, a couple of minutes ago. Uh, Boris Becker, huge uh, tennis star, uh, is part of the announcing team of Wimbledon. And his uh, broadcasting partner, John Inverdale, uh, said during one of the matches <laughs> that uh, the Wimbledon player on the court, uh, his wife, if you're a tennis player, always good to have a partner called and that, ah, 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 get it. But, uh, Becker responded, they do have the most beautiful women in Hungary. I wouldn't know that, but she's certainly very pretty. And the feminists are out of the woodwork. How dare you? How dare you think that some woman is beautiful on on national television during a national event. How dare you? The charity Women in Sport has worked for decades to change sporting culture, including the end of objectification of women. How about he's just being nice to the guy's wife? How about that? On top of which, uh, Boris should be quoting, he should have said, uh, you know, They uh, say uh, they have the most beautiful women in Hungary, like Jeff Fisher from Chewing the Fat, who's always said that Eastern Bloc women are the most beautiful. But hey, 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 beat up on Boris Becker. Don't beat up on me. I mean, it's incredible. We are in such a strange place. You can't even compliment someone on how good they look. Just amazing. So yesterday we talked about uh, Britney Spears and her manager quitting. Now we know that her attorney is resigning from uh, from her and the conservatorship. So things are starting to fall apart around Britney, and that may be actually a good thing. Uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't delved too much deeper into the Britney story after I realized that she hasn't actually applied to get rid of the conservatorship. And, you know, I just know her dad's a crazy, crazy guy and uh, has been treating her like crap. All the stories around it uh, say that and report that. So I hope that Brittany can at least get some help for that. Maybe stay in the conservatorship, but find somebody who is not her dad. And really, that's what she was asking for. And the judge wouldn't do it. So I, I don't know. That's a tough spot. And I know, I feel bad for Brittany because, you know, she was, uh, you know, struggling on the beaches of Hawaii. I know, life is tough. So, I, you know, I look, everybody has a tough time. And we all have our, you know, our dark corners we go to. And, and I know Brittany does too. And I've said all along, if she wants to burn her money out of her butt, I don't care. I hope she puts it on Instagram so I can watch. But I don't care. I mean, that's her money. And to have her, to have it held up like that under this, you know, the guise of conservatorship is really kind of annoying. And uh, it speaks volumes about America, that's for sure. I see, uh, you know, wow, talking about other stars, uh, Kate Beckinsale. I saw her new trailer for the new movie coming out on, uh, coming out on Netflix. What is it? Jolt? 
coming out at the end of this month. <laughs> a little action movie from Kate Beckinsale. Some big stars in it, too. So, we'll see. We'll see. With the trailer, it looks like a lot of them are just kind of going through the motions. Uh, Stanley Tucci is in it. Uh, Susan Sarandon is in it. Uh, David Bradley, you're, you'll when you see him, you'll remember him from Game of Thrones. He was, uh, I believe, the king, uh, the Iron King, Ironborn King. But uh, it's, uh, we'll see. It looks like just a saw and wood action movie, and we'll let Kate be the badass, and so. Am I going to watch it? You bet. <laughs> you bet. And I see where we got the uh, premiere or, you know, the update on the premiere of Yellowstone. They released a season four trailer for season four of Yellowstone. So it looks like that's going to be coming out soon. I don't think there was an exact date sent, set on that. It's usually out and playing by now. So Yellowstone fans are all like, hey, uh, where you at? What's going on? You left us hanging at the end. Bunch of people got shot up. People got blew up. Who's going to live? And so we're getting, that gives us a little hint. Uh, some interviews have given us hints on who is going to survive and who isn't. But season four of Yellowstone is just around the corner. And uh, I, there's a show that I feel like I don't want to watch week to week because I love binging it. I would rather they just release it. You know, I'm so spoiled. I just want to be able to watch them. And this, this, this whole thing of releasing shows once a week, uh, stop it. HBO, at least HBO Max has started doing, uh, at least they did with Hacks, uh, they released two a week. Which I, you know, it's like throwing you a little bone. Uh, here you go. Here's just something I know. We're not going to do it all. You're not going to be able to binge it all. But we'll give you a couple of shows every time we release them. So, you know, come on. Come on, we can stop. Can we stop? We need to make it a law. Can we stop making shows where they're just released once a week? I'm sorry. No, you have to drop them <laughs> a season at a time. And we're going to say that a season is at least six to ten episodes. If it's more than ten, fine. If it's less than six, forget it. You know, it doesn't even count as a season. You better add a couple more shows on. So between six and at least ten episodes uh, are a season. And they get released all at once. It's just a chewing the fat rule in law. And that has to happen. That has to happen. Uh, it has to happen, you know, like right now. Oh, another thing that's going on in the streaming world. I read a big article on Netflix and how they may have to start having commercials and dropping down uh, the pay subscribership so it's cheaper, but you're going to get commercials. Like, you know, like Hulu does and uh, Paramount and NBC and they all have their they all have their tiers and their different levels of Subscribership. Netflix has always said they would never do it, but they're trying to find new ways to generate some income because their subscriber growth is not what they were hoping, or at least not what they projected. And we want to get more, and especially here in the United States, you know, they're with the and there's streaming wars going on, so everybody's you know everybody's trying to find their ground. 
and they're talking about uh, maybe embracing live sports or some kind of shows, other live shows to, you know, have that alternative strategy. That's what Amazon was hoping for with the, you know, NFL Thursday night football. I would say that perhaps if Netflix gets involved in anything, uh, maybe they do uh, work a deal. Okay, so here's here's the chewing the fat plan for Netflix. Okay, just off the top of my head. Now, I haven't thought this through. <laughs> but, you know, if they're, let's say, so let Amazon have the NFL. Pfft, Thursday night, big deal. Netflix takes college football. Now, they all have uh, their own league rights. You know, SEC, Big Ten, or Big 12, whatever they're calling themselves now, Pac-10, Pac-12, you know, whatever they're calling themselves, it doesn't matter. But you take each one of those and you do a separate deal with each one with Netflix, and Netflix just airs them all. You just air them all. Yeah, I log in to my, I pay Netflix for rights to my SEC broadcast. You could do that, Jeff, with each league. I know, but, you know, maybe, 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 I do uh, at all, right? So if I if, okay, so instead of separate, instead of separately, I could go to Netflix, college football, and I can watch whatever the hell game I want. <laughs> I can watch whatever game I want when I want to watch it. So I could go back and forth all all weekend long on Netflix, going from this game up in Maryland to this game over here in Colorado. Huh? Yes, Netflix, make that happen. Make that happen. Any game that's broadcast, I can go to my Netflix college football subscribership page and I can watch whatever game I want. I can just log in and I can watch whatever game I want. I go to the SEC, I can watch the SEC games. I go to the Big 12, the Pac-12. I can go to every little dingleberry NCAA college league I want. If there's a camera there, Netflix can hook into it. And that's what I can watch. That's what I want to have happen. I tell you, Netflix, you're welcome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is about time that Disney got rid of this horrific announcement that they've done for, well, what for, for far too long, for far too long. They're, they're announcing of the Magic Kingdom uh, introduction is finally going to be gone. And it is gone. Because originally they said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the horror. I I couldn't take it. The last time I was there, I couldn't take it. Now, according to this tweet, showcase of wishes, uh, they have a back-to-back 
of the announcement in 2020 and what it sounds like now in 2021. And I think you'll agree with me that it sounds so much better. All right, 2020. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dreamers of all ages. In just a few minutes, the Magic Kingdom invites you to enjoy our nighttime spectacular, Happily Ever After. Okay, all right, I think we can agree how horrible that was. Now, let's go to 2021. Good evening, dreamers of all ages. In just a few minutes, your magic Yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about so much better. You cannot say ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls. Not in today's world. No, sir. Earlier in the show, we talked about how you cannot say someone's wife is beautiful. Well, if she's a female, you can't say that she's beautiful. And we don't want announcements at Disney World to say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Wow. 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 Now you can say, all right, so what? What's the big deal? All it is is just another step taken to ensure the experiences at parks are inclusive to all. Duh. (laughs) Why the hate? Why the hate? What does it matter if it simply states, good evening, dreamers of all ages, rather than Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because even if you're, even if you're trans or demisexual or pansexual, um, you still are a lady or a gentleman or a boy or a girl, right? I mean, I guess you're, that doesn't make, you could be, you could still be they, them, she, he, it whatever as a the pronoun but ladies and gentlemen boys and girls covers everyone but no no we would rather say dreamers of all ages okay all right i will say that you know does it really bother me i don't know it's just some more that we're some more changes that we're just supposed to be okay with But Walt Disney, the days of Walt Disney and Disneyland, are long gone. And I will say, I got to see if uh, some of my uh, relatives, you know, on my wife's side, uh, won some lottery money. So the five winners who claimed the $516 million Mega Millions jackpot Sold at a Seven Eleven in Bucks County in Pennsylvania. That's I mean that's family that's family land up there. I mean that's where we that's where we lived when I lived in Pennsylvania. And there's plenty. I mean I've I've actually you know I've shopped at that Seven Eleven in Levittown, Pennsylvania. So the winning ticket was a quick pick, and the winners have opted to claim the jackpot jackpot prize as a cash lump sum payment. Good mood. They created a peace of mind trust, a five-member group. They're going to receive the prize of $348,600,000. The after-tax prize amount is $254 million. Wow, that's, 
That's amazing. So they won $516 million, you know, technically in the lotto. They take the cash payout, you get $348,600,000. After taxes, you only end up with $254,233,980. Only $254,233,980. No. Oh my gosh, I can't even say it anymore. It's such a low price. $254,233,980. So that's pretty good. Uh, That's pretty good. Set up in a trust. That's $50 million apiece, right? Uh, That's not bad. So this is the third and largest Mega Millions jackpot won in Pennsylvania since 2010. And the winning ticket was sold at the 7-Eleven on Trenton Road in Levittown. I mean, that is old stomping grounds. Of where I lived uh, and where we lived when we lived in Pennsylvania. So, man, if that's, you know, a family member, hello, how you doing? Love you too. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right, we got some headlines that uh, we got to uh, break through here real quick. Uh, Bolt bus shutting down operations. So I don't know if you ever rode on the Bolt bus if you're in the Northeast. I mean, they were uh, they were around in different areas around the country, but where they really are used is in the Northeast. But apparently the ridership has been low, especially during the pandemic. And you had the Wi-Fi of the dollar seats, you know, pretty through. They still charged, uh, you know, if you didn't win the dollar seats, you still had to pay extra money more than that. But uh, Greyhound uh, bought it out a while ago. And they suspended their service during the pandemic. And then, ah, bye bye, have a nice day. We're not coming back. So, Greyhound operates the largest inner city bus fleet in North America. They teamed up with Peter Pan Bus Lines in 2008 to start Bolt Bus. Companies wanted to offer an affordable ride to people put off by the grubbier alternatives on the market. And at least one seat on every Bolt Bus ride sold for a dollar plus a booking fee. And, uh, you know, they had uh, uh, Wi-Fi and individual power outlets and legroom. And the company shuttled riders among cities in the Northeast and the Pacific Northwest. And Greyhound took sole ownership of Bolt Bus in 2017. And now uh, Greyhound announced that it's shutting its remaining Canadian operations down. So, you know, who knows? It's, there's other inner city bus operators still running. Flix Bus, Peter Pan, Mega Bus. <laughs> I mean, I never was a big, I, I've taken buses uh, numerous times in my life. And I just want to say that I am, I am still not a fan, but I, I mean, I appreciate the, the transportation provided by these bus companies, but I try to avoid them as much as I can. I've taken a, a I didn't take, it was a trailways uh, before they combined when they were separate 100 years ago. I took a trailways from Michigan to Florida. Boy, that was a fun ride. That's a whole story in and of itself. I've taken, uh, I feel like I've taken the Bolt bus before when I was living in the Northeast. Maybe I just wanted to. I used to walk. There was one area where the, you know, because I took the bus. I took the regular buses because I would take the one bus from Weehawken, New Jersey into Manhattan because I lived right by the last stop of the regular bus line, whatever it's called. 
in uh, New Jersey, and then you just it takes you through the tunnel and into the city, and you do the bus station in Manhattan, and you're you're good to go. But it's just it's uh, that's not Bolt Bus or Greyhound, but it's, I, I used to take that. I took that for a while, and uh, what a pain that kind of was. It was worth you know. Again, I appreciate the transportation. It doesn't mean that I like necessarily the ride. Anyway, Bolt Bus gone. Have a nice day. Nintendo gave everyone a sneak peek of its new Switch model, but uh, all the rumored upgrades didn't come through, so it's just, hey, here's a new Switch, and uh, hope you like, you know, it being new, but there's nothing new about it. Melinda Gates, this story is incredible. Okay, so we talked about Bill and Melinda Gates at some length when the divorce was still, you know, in the beginning stages. And, you know, how they were going to still try to work together at the foundation. And then if we found out some other stuff about Bill and they weren't, you know, it's been, he's just, uh, you know, he's, he's been really down, uh, down and down and quiet, which is a good move on his part. So now we're getting reports that Melinda will resign, will resign from the foundation that she and ex Bill founded if they find they can't work together successfully over the next two years. Okay, so they they claim at the beginning, yeah, we'll still work together. We're fine. Our offices are going to be, you know, down the hall. We'll never see each other. It'll be fine. But the foundation CEO, Mark Sussman, is saying, no, Melinda said that she'll resign if, uh, if she can't work with Bill. Because that's Bill's baby. Or at least we thought it was Bill's baby. Maybe it's Melinda's baby. And Bill is just saying, no, I don't want to give it up. Maybe that's the deal. But she claims now, look, I'll resign from the foundation if uh, we can't work together. So I would say that's going to happen. That's going to happen sooner than the two years. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a chew in the fat guarantee right there. I see where Google was hit by an antitrust lawsuit from dozens of states targeting its Google Play Store. So that'll be fun. I mean, we have that going on, and we have former President Trump suing the social media companies. So that's going to be fun. That's going to that's really going to it's going to be a big deal. I mean, Trump is suing the big tech CEOs, right? So he's suing a class action lawsuit against Zuckerberg, uh, Jack Dorsey, and Sundar Pichai. From Facebook, Twitter, and Google. We'll see where it goes. I don't know. Um, you know, his battle over free speech and censorship. And he's banned from, you know, Twitter and Facebook. And it's a good argument. And he's banned. Does he need to be back on Facebook? No. I mean, he really should just beat them up and say, I don't need to be back there. But we'll see. I, I don't know. I know that he had, uh, you know, he's got the American first policy Institute there and which is a new legal entity called the constitutional litigation partnership. He's got, uh, the AF uh, PIs president and CEO, Brooke Rollins and the board chair, Linda McMahon were both there during his announcement. So he's going to sue him. And of course, Facebook and Twitter declined to comment. So we'll see what happens with that. It'll be interesting to see if anything actually does come of that. I mean, what's what's the best outcome of that? Is that, uh, 
he gets back on Facebook, gets back on Twitter, and they say, "Oh, you just have don't we? You were just following our rules. You broke them. We." And we canceled you, and now we're putting you back up. So that's it. That's our. That's the only thing we say is our fault. And Google says, "Well, if you are back and you have a new platform, we won't block the platform." So that gets him, uh, you know, a new platform possibly through Google. Uh, doesn't do anything with Apple though. So he's leaving Apple alone, which is kind of strange because they usually pick a fight with Apple too. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe he's hoping that if he gets uh, Google, then Apple will fall into place. But I don't know about that either. Oh, and one last thing before I go away. I've had this on the pile for a couple of days now. And I want to get to it so that you know that it's out there. Uh, Matt Walsh. I I follow him on Twitter. And and you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. But Matt Walsh is there. Uh, and he's with the Daily Wire, and he does his podcast, and he used to work for us here at The Blaze, and I, and I like Matt. He's a good guy. But he had an idea the other day on Twitter, and now it's a big story, and it's making the rounds, and I thought, what a great idea, and why it hasn't happened, I don't know. And that's putting cameras in school classrooms for the parents to monitor the classrooms. Now, he's saying, you know, to monitor teachers. Well, yeah, that's what we need to do, but... It's also for the safety of the children, the security of the school. If my kids go to a certain school, why is it I can't log in at any particular time and see the classroom that they're in? I have their schedule. I know where they're going to be. I log into the school's website and then I'm able to click on whatever room and I get to see my, my child and the teacher and the other students in the class and what's going on and what's being taught. I love that idea. And why that hasn't happened, I don't know. Every school should have cameras in the hallways and they should be monitored by the parents at any time. If you're as long as you're there, you're able to do it. And I'm telling you, that's a good idea, which is probably why it never will. But it's a good idea. And I, I'm just, I'm telling you, Matt Walsh is the guy that that I saw originally say it. Maybe there was somebody else out there talking about it. I don't know why it hasn't been done yet, but it needs to happen. So if you have any particular pull in your schools around your local, your local area, uh, that's a good thing to do, man. Be on the forefront of that and make everyone accountable. Maybe it's just me. We'll be right back.